0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, Welcome to a a very different kind of Evan Roberts podcast. Uh, In the Fantasy Baseball Championship, my team, the New York Ass Kickers, advanced to the finals. And I took on the team headlined by Brian Monzo, the producer of Mike's On. And he brought in a general manager a few years ago, so his partner for his team, uh, Elliot the Racist, that would be the name of his team. And we competed in a Yahoo head-to-head fantasy championship. We have 20 categories. Obviously, the outright winner wins. If we finished in a tie, they would have won the tie break because they did finish with the best record in the league. We engaged in a war, a very combative one-week fantasy baseball championship. It ended as humanly close as possible with Elliott the Racist defeating the ass kickers, mean 9-8, to eight, with the decision being Whip. They won Whip by three-tenths of a point based on Freddie Peralta of the Milwaukee Brewers getting the first two outs of the eighth inning but giving up back-to-back base hits, which flipped Whip for Elliott the Racist. And so Brian Monzo and Chris McMonigle won for the first time in their history, and they've been in the league, or Monzo's been in the league since 2007, their first fantasy baseball championship. So, for anybody listening that's been involved in a fantasy baseball finals or a tough baseball semifinal matchup, this is for you. Maybe you can live through our pain and his joy. So, I want to start by congratulating Brian Monzo, who joins me on this special recap podcast. Congratulations. You are the champion. What would you like to say? Hi, Ev. Hi! You know, I got
1: a lot to say. Yes. Um... And I hope the volume on this mic is up.
0: It's, uh, it sounds great, okay? <laughs> so, Shut up and talk. That doesn't make sense.
1: You know, first off, I, I think with the league, history should be um, changed when it became a keeper
0: league, because that's different. Okay. Well, for everyone listening, uh, the league began in 2004. It became a keeper league in 2013, so you'd be now, cutting off the first Much nine. like
1: people credit Glenn Sather's success after the 2004-2005 lockout and the salary cap, I think... What changed for us was the keeper league situation because still to this day, a league in baseball that's non keeper, I have zero success in. But when you can build a team like a general manager and look for the future, made all the difference. We were knocking on the door for a couple years. You uh, made some comments the day after the draft on the air, which I didn't like. So that was my motivation all year. Well, what did I say on the air? You came on, basically said, I'm a horrible manager. Criticized Cole Hamels as being the first pitcher we took. Gave McMonocle <laughs> a lot of credit for not doing anything.
0: Wow. It turns so, out McMonocle. All year
1: I, was, I, was, I had that motivation written that we, not only were we were going to win, we were going to dominate, and we did.
0: All right, let's get the facts. I was not a
1: knock on McMonocle. No, no. was a
0: help. I, I, look, listen, I want to address your facts. So, Brian Monzo's first year in our league, when it was a non-keeper league, was 2007. Horrible. He finished in 10th place overall. The following year, he finished in 8th place. The following year in 2009, made the playoffs. Made the playoffs as a four-seed, actually won a postseason matchup, lost in the semifinals. I remember this. Yeah, well, I have the history written down. I'm very well informed. And then the next three years, you missed the playoffs. You began the keeper era by finishing in 12th, 11th, 14th, and 11th. Four consecutive years of missing the playoffs. You we were building. Uh, okay, you were building. In 2017, you brought in Chris McMonagall as your whatever you want to call him, your GM, your assistant. Three years ago, you finished as the three seed. You got to the semis and lost. Okay, not bad. Last year, you were the four seed, got to the semis and lost. And this year, you were number one overall, and you won the championship. You were, you know, what, what do they say? Pillar to post. You are the best team in the league, and you overcame injuries. So I just want to clarify that the first four years of the keeper era, you still sucked. We
1: did, but we were we were sucking intentionally. No, you weren't. We we were building towards a <laughs> future. You, how the hell were you building towards anything? Hey, though that that year, I don't remember what year it was. Twenty thirteen was the first year. We acquired. I don't remember. I think it was two thousand. In
0: 2015, you acquired Mike Trout. You that kept was, him that for the was, first time in 2016. That was what we were working
1: towards. Okay. We were working towards acquiring Mike Trout okay. once we did that. Now, look, we did not expect, I can speak on behalf of myself and Chris, the Christian Yellis trade to turn into what it turned into. Mm-hmm. We were just – I'm not even sure at that point he – I think Madison Bumgarner might have been what we were trying to get in that sure, trade. Sure, 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 sure. So that, that's that been very lucky. But we, we played – I like the uh, drafting a young guy that wasn't in the league yet. We did that with Carlos Correa mm-hmm. before he was even – uh, into
0: the majors, you did. You kept him as a 19th round pick. You drafted him all the way back in 2016. You ended up trading him, though. We did this trade him, season during that the draft. Was the, That was the mentality, I think, that led to
1: our team being good: is finding guys you can keep deep, and can, then eventually.
0: Can I be honest with you? Yes. And I want to make something clear. Sure. I'm very happy that you won a championship. Thank you. Now I really do mean that. It, it was frustrating for from really something condescending coming. No, um, not really. It's I'm, I'm just going to analyze. Okay. I'm going to be very fair. It was frustrating, okay? I lost in brutal fashion at 4.30 on a Sunday. I thought I had it won. I'm not here to complain. I you, you had, had it won, to be honest with you. No, I know you did, and it, and it sucked. I thought you had it won on Friday. Well, I, I was never super confident on Friday because so much can happen on the weekend, but I did think that when I took whip from you, I was going to be able to hold you off, and it, it was going to be an agonizing loss for you, and you even admitted this was an agonizing couple It of
1: was. I, I said if if fantasy baseball was how it was the last two weeks. Yes. Because the last two weeks, we didn't have Yelich and Trout, and we really had to glue pieces together and analyze every game. I'm watching. I'm on the ferry ride home watching it bats. That's I'm watching Rich Hill versus <laughs> – I'm watching Rich Hill pitch uh, in two-thirds of an inning against the Orioles. <laughs> right after
0: you picked him up. <laughs> right.
1: So, it's just if I had to pay that much attention to it, I wouldn't play it. Um, it just took up way too much. I lost more hair than I already have. You know, basically, uh, I'm going bald. I'm, right. I lost more. It was fun, but, man, it, it was microma- micromanaging the team because the expectations, I felt, were high. Well, Myself and Chris had high expectations, so we felt we owed
0: it to Trout and Yelich, who put in all the work all year to do, to do it for them. Well, I think there was pressure on you because, A, you, you finished with the best record in the league, right? So the regular season and the playoffs panned out. So I think whenever you finish with the best record in the league, there is that pressure to seal the deal. Like sure. I had mentioned earlier, you had made the playoffs two years in a row. The I don't want to make excuses of the
1: injuries if you lost.
0: No, no, no. And look, it would have been a fair thing to bring up because you lost Mike Trout and Christian Yelich. I mean, those are just the facts. And you lost Lucas Giolito in championship week. He never pissed for you. The other thing you did is, and I'm not saying you're wrong because you just won a title, is you gave up a lot in the trade deadline. But and we, so We you, do that almost every year. I understand that, but this year you have fewer picks than you had, had in the last couple of years. doesn't mean you can't win next year, bro. I'm not saying you can't, but you did put yourself at a little bit of a hindrance. So, I do agree that the pressure was on to win a championship. But what I feel as not just an owner of my own team, but as a commissioner, I analyze everybody. What I think you guys have done differently is for many years, I felt as an owner that you ignored and put no premium on holds and saves. And you almost ignored those categories. And every category matters. And what I saw this year from you, and I think it's the difference between you and me in this championship, is you put together a hell of a bullpen. And well, you balanced saves, you balanced holes. And I think that that, to me, more than just the pure talent, because you always had talent. I mean, three years ago, you had Mike Trout and Carlos Correa as keepers, and you finished 11th. I think you put together really good balance. You picked up really good free agents. J.D. Davis could have been signed by anybody. You signed him. Early in the season, D.J. LeMay, you could have been had by anybody. You got him. But I think you drafted him. Did you draft him? Yeah. Well, wherever you drafted him, it wasn't early. I'll tell you no, that. No, it was not. But, but I, I, I saw the difference with your bullpen. I think you really managed your pen differently well, than you ever had. That was actually,
1: uh, we I don't, we weren't in the, obviously, we were not in the championship last year. I think we lost to Lou Gower. In we the semifinals, He yes. won the championship. No, he lost year. in the finals. He? Yep. He beat us in pitching. That's okay. where we lost. So I kind of mimicked what he did, where he really focused on, you know, pitching the 2022 20, innings. One or two really good starters, and we didn't have really good starters, but and really having good bullpen guys, and and that's you know the, the mentality we went with going into the draft. That's why we took Cole Hamels as our first pitcher, right? Right, because we focused more on relief
0: pitching, and uh, that helped throughout the year. for well, sure. Think about this so we're facing each other in finals week, and you're without Yelich and Trout. Now, with that said, you still featured Rafael Devers, Freddie Freeman, DJ LeMahieu, very good, Bryce lineup. Harper, Bryce Harper, still a very good lineup. I mean, you had a very good offense. Brandon Nimmo. (laughs) Well, we'll get to that in a second. I want to get to the Nimmo pickup. So you had a capable offense even without those guys, where I thought I had those guys were hitting either, so I was nervous. No, you're right. Uh, Where I had a big edge on you is that my pitching staff features Jacob Degrom, Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, Domingo Herman, and what I thought was a pretty good bullpen, a bullpen that had a pretty good year. Your pitching staff was faced with two pieces of horrific news right out of the gate. Number one, Matthew Boyd not making a start Tuesday family matter. Number two, Lucas Giolito, your ace, done for the season. That was, that right there, I was ready to tap out. So at this point, and the minimum innings you got to get to is 20, you had Charlie Morton Friday night against the Red Sox as a scheduled starter, and potentially Matthew Boyd on Sunday, but we didn't know. So clearly, you had three moves, you had to add pitching. And this was the move you made, and I thought it was brilliant, and it worked. Marco Gonzalez of the Mariners facing the Pirates. Seven scoreless innings with zero walks. That moment is when I got nervous. Because I knew he's just going to try to get to 20 innings, have a very low ERA, and beat me. Meanwhile, Jacob DeGrom's dominating. My bullpen is striking everybody out. I've got, you know, a zero ERA. You had a zero ERA. We both actually had zero ERAs with a decent amount of innings three days in. I go to Max Scherzer. Scherzer strikes out 11 guys, doesn't walk anybody, but he gives up that late home run to Matt Weider. So that hurts my ERA. My ERA ballooned up to like 1-8. The problem is your ERA was still zero. And so what was frustrating for me is my guys were pitching well. I was striking everybody out, not walking anybody. And until Friday night, you had not issued a freaking walk. And when you finally gave up a run, I forget who gave it up. Charlie Morton. Was he that the first run you gave up? It was. Friday night, the home run,
1: I don't remember who the home run was against. Mitch Moreland. Was it, okay, yeah, it was against the red Sox. I was watching it in my car as I was picking up sushi. <laughs> and uh, I was celebrating that
0: home run. You know, I was, And it put your ERA up to like zero nine or something like no, that. It was still and then,
1: and then Canely came in and that didn't was do big. much, and that was devastating. But I really didn't feel confident after that because, um, you know, I felt as though we were going to have to have an ERA close to one because you know, you're pitching I was staff. pitching well, yeah. And that was, you know, you can't predict if you can't predict when relief pitchers
0: are going to pitch. Well, and and so to that point, I had taken back ERA and whip. I congratulated you. (laughs) I thought it was over. But here's the problem. This is the dilemma I faced. Okay. I knew I would win wins. You were going to win losses. I I could take ERA and whip, but now I'm giving up on holds and saves. And so I decided I, I've got to use my relievers this weekend. I sat Clayton Kershaw on Friday night. I'm sure you noticed that. I said, he, well, what's he, had a, the...? he had a six ERA, too. Yeah, but six innings allowed four runs. But I didn't know I would win enough offensive categories, so I figured I had to compete for holds and saves. And we went
1: into a major. We went three for 35. Yeah.
0: We, we went into a major slump. But I didn't see that coming. So I used all my relievers. And I don't know if you saw this, Monzo. I don't know if you saw this, but I want to enlighten you. Saturday afternoon, still up in an ERA and whip. Giovanni Gallegos comes into the game. Do you wear what happened? I know he gave up a run, Oh, he he? did he, did he? Oh, Grew he had that? like
1: a 54 ERA. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see what okay. happened. I was just celebrating.
0: You should hear what happened. You should hear it. Okay. I was, uh, I was at a birthday party. Okay. I saw the I want numbers you to, in fleet. I want you to hear the freaking okay. details, you son of a bitch. Gallegos comes into the game. Gets the first guy out. Now, Gallegos had a great year, by the way, for the Cardinals. Second guy hits a double. Okay. He's got a one-run lead. Gives up a double. Not the end of the world. Tony Kemp is up. Strike one, strike 2 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, strike three. They called back the strike three because they said he balked. Ew. Next pitch, two-run home run. Good night, the lights. Mons, I wanted to cut my balls off. <laughs> I mean, I, you talk about the pain of fantasy. Bro, he struck him out. They called it back because of a balk, and he didn't even balk. And then, Gallegos, you piece of crap, you're up on Tony Kemp and 2 You need to throw a fastball right down the middle? So, I know you don't know how it happened. That's how it happened. That's brutal. And then Craig Kimbrell comes in. What a piece of crap, is! <laughs> yeah, he sucks. First pitch to Yadi Molina, who's on my team but on my bench. Yeah, you benched a lot of home runs this week. Well, I, but you know what? Here's the thing about the uh, – let me get to that. We know what Kimbrell did. He sucked. This all cost me whipping, ERA. My other catcher is Wilson Ramos. I know he started slumping, but I had to trust the Mons. And Tommy Edmond, early in the week, I sat against Max Scherzer. He had a home run. So the benchings that I gave up, I, you know what? I can't complain about it because I used reason for why I did it. But that's how on Saturday you took back whip and ERA. You took back ERA. I actually didn't take back whip quite yet. You took back whip when Ian Kennedy and Hansel Robles pitched two perfect innings late Saturday night. That's when you took it back. Yeah,
1: it's amazing that some of the names that really helped me out were Hansel Robles <laughs> and Brandon Nimmo. And it was, uh, you know, like I, as I told somebody on Twitter this morning, Brandon Nimmo gets full immunity from me. Oh, he has moving to. Moving forward. Now, look, he wasn't great late in the week. He did have the home run yesterday. That secured you uh, OPS? Early in the I week. I could have flipped that too. Early in the week, he was huge. Um, I still don't think he's very good, but I will not publicly criticize him. Anymore after this. He's not up to John Main status, but <laughs> he, he, he helped me benefit uh, with my ego and financially, so he gets full immunity And,
0: and what's crazy is that you're in the semifinals the week before you faced me against Ernie Acosta, and apparently your pickup of Brandon Nimmo was originally as a block on Ernie? So
1: we, uh, I remember, I, I don't remember what stat we were looking at, probably it was average or whatever. It was Sunday night. <coughs> I'm getting ready to watch uh, Clash of Champions <laughs> and uh, want to monitor the Met game because uh, I'm, I'm a fan, but also I had – that was the only game on at night, and I sure. said, "I well, Ernie's got one more pickup. I was texting you to see what the pickup rules were because he picked up somebody Monday at like 3 a.m., but I guess that doesn't count. Yeah,
0: league day starts at 4 o'clock uh, – 3 a.m. I so think is actually the The only person that, was a, that he could roster to
1: add to whatever stat he needed at the time was Brandon Nimmo. And we had to drop somebody, but it had to be somebody that was playing that night, and we didn't, I didn't want, I wasn't going to drop J.D. Davis, because he's been good, even though he doesn't play every day, and he should. Um, I didn't want to drop Robinson Cano, because he was starting to hit finally, but we, we made the decision and said, look, if we want to get him back Wednesday, we'll put it, we have $400 waiver money. It's end of the season, why not? Dude? You know, we could just buy, you know, buy him back. Nobody's going to put 400 on him. Right. I actually did, I put 400 on him, but then Nimmo was playing okay, so I, I withdrew the bid. <laughs> And uh, so we, we blocked, and Nimmo uh, performed that night, too, for that matter. And uh, I wasn't sure what Ernie was going to do. He picked up a pitcher that came in and pitched okay. But, um, no,
0: Nimo was a block, and then he ended up helping us get some stats on you. I think he was the difference because I lost by whip. That was the category. The other category that turned out to be very close was OPS. And so anytime you had a guy hit a home run or get a couple of hits, that made a I big difference. I was just difference.
1: praying for walks, to be honest with no, you. No,
0: I know. Just anything. And J.D. Davis on Sunday, the last day of the week, hit a home run. You put him in utility was, even though he was, wasn't starting. There, there's a
1: lot of little things. So, like, I had to look and see, all right, I, I, I'm strapping roster spots. I have to play somebody that's not starting. Who has a chance of pitch hitting? And I just I just thought J.D. Davis would have a chance of pitch hitting. Right. No, I didn't anticipate you know, getting hurt and then him first pitch homering. Right, that was one That's one of those moments where, like, all right, maybe the the, the stars are alive. No, I know where. You know, you get a guy that you don't even start come in and he comes in and hits a home run. That was that was a good moment. I felt good. I did. I didn't want to. Buy, I was waiting for you to text me yesterday. No, that was classic. That was do. one of those where I was going to be like, all right. Uh, you
0: can't predict that J.D. Davis home run there. I mean, that's just luck. What, what, what you did, though, see, I, I want to give you more credit than luck. When you see you don't have enough guys, like guys are sitting and you need to put someone in there, and so now you look at guys not playing and say, okay, which of the guys not playing has the best chance to come in the game? You had a guy like Kevin Newman who wasn't playing, Omar as the catcher for Seattle's not playing, and you've got J.D. Davis. To me, J.D. Davis is the perfect guy. You watch the Mets, you know in a big spot they'll go to him. And And he's certainly capable of hitting one, yeah. For sure. And he actually replaced Robinson Cano, and Robinson Cano was banged up. So I thought that was a good move. Look, I think that you guys, you get three moves a week in our league. That's it. And you have to be very smart about which moves you use. And you were in a tough spot to begin with because you didn't have enough pitchers due to the injuries and whatnot. And the first move you made, if memory serves correct, was adding Jason Hayward. The second move you made was Marco Gonzalez, who was great in his one start. And the third move you made was See, the,
1: the Ge- Gonzalez move. There was twofold because I needed, to, I wanted to add a pitcher who was pitching a Sunday as well.
0: Right. Double and move against an opponent that you figured he'd have success right. against. So
1: he had Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Right. It was perfect. So those were the, you know, if we had the stardom against Baltimore, you would have. And yeah. he actually pitched okay. He,
0: he would have lost. He done well for you with whip. The guy who would have hurt you that you didn't pitch was Matthew Boyd, who pitched Sunday, but he would have hurt you with whip. But you made the right decision by saying I'm not. You know, why would I risk these guys? But the other guy you added was a uh, Randall Grichuk of Toronto, and he was okay. Well, he was he was, he was okay. You. He was good before we picked him up.
1: Right. And then we picked him up, and it his his hot streak. But I, I figured he was playing in Baltimore and Yankee Stadium, two right. hitters parks. Right. So he had a chance to. Uh, yeah, I thought he had a couple that were were close to the wall or whatever. But no, he, I mean he didn't help us all that much. But no, we, we those we, the, move, the Put it this way, the moves you make in these weeks. You're you're paying you're looking a lot more into detail of what they're doing, how well, they've been,
0: you know, where are they playing do as you, opposed to just like finding oh this guy's got a chance. Do you don't. know the moves I made? Because I don't know if you pay as close attention to your opponent the way I do, but did you know the three moves I made? Uh, I know you added a Braves relief pitcher, right? No. No, I don't
1: know. Who you <laughs> I added. cut a
0: Braves relief pitcher.
1: No, I don't
0: know. no, Actually, I never even cut one. I who cut was the guy you added that was I, had zero percent ownership. I had I added three guys this week. The first guy I added was Drew Pomerance. Drew Pomeranz was perfect. He was perfect. I think he pitched like two innings. Nobody got on base. Uh, got me a safe. That was addition number one. Worked out very well. He was actually the guy that flipped me whip to what would have potentially been the winner. A prick bastard. The other guy I added was the aforementioned Freddie Peralta, who gave you back whip. The reason I can't be that annoyed about it is early in the week, he pitched an inning and a third, zero runs, one hit, no walks, three strikeouts, and got me a win. So he was good, and then when he came in, obviously, yesterday, he gave me whip back. The third move I made, which I thought was a gamble and could have been the difference, was a guy by the name of Eric Swanson. This is who you're thinking about. Yesterday, right before the game, I said to myself, I can't start Craig Kimbrell again. The guy's killed me. I can't put him out there. First of all, I don't know if the Cubs are going to put him out there, so I can't put him out there. You shut your mic. Sorry, he's a mariner. Because I was I had McGill. Okay, there you go. Matt McGill. You have Matt McGill. I picked up Eric Swanson, who had been getting the saves for the Mariners, and it was a Hail Mary, I'd rather try to get a save with Eric Swanson, Mariners against the Orioles, than Craig Kimbrell. So I cut Craig Kimbrell, signed Eric Swanson, and he never got in the game. So it turned out to be a nothing move, but my other two moves for relievers sort of worked. I can't really kill the Peralta thing because he got me a win early in the week, even though he flipped back whip. That's why I
1: can't completely kill Brandon Nimmo, but he was good for us. It was look. It was a battle, man. I it, this was we glued our team together. I, I did not anticipate. I didn't anticipate being Ernie because you know Ernie's a good fantasy player. I should thank Ernie for Rafael Devers, and then uh, secondly, uh, I definitely didn't expect to be you because your, your pitching is great. Now pitching was not.
0: I appreciate it.
1: It was. Uh, it
0: felt good. It, it, it did. It's. Uh, I'm looking at your final numbers from guys this week. And no one, like Freddie Freeman, who's a Met killer, brutal, was one sweet. for 14. Yeah, brutal. He did have four RBIs. Uh, DJ Lemayhu was probably your best player. He was seven for 19, five runs scored, two home runs, six RBIs at 368. Devers, you know, he had 233. You know, he had two home runs for us, though. That, that was it, exactly. The Saturday home run was huge. And your leader in home runs, Brandon Nimmo. He had three of them. He had three freaking home he gets, runs. He
1: gets immunity, man. I was killing him. I still think he's a fourth outfielder, but... He you won you fantasy. He championship. won me fantasy. He he helped me win fantasy football, uh fantasy baseball. I will uh, I will never publicly say anything negative about his baseball skills again.
0: <laughs> hey, can you believe that Brandon Nimmo helped you win a championship? It's uh
1: it's it's poetic <laughs> I, I suppose. Is it, was, it uh? You know, it's one of those things where where you know I, I ridicule them, and it's not personal. I just don't think he's a, a great. You know, he's one of those guys that I guess the advanced stats people love. Right. You know, but the eye test he just doesn't pass for me. But uh he helps me win fantasy. Uh, you know, in a league that I, I've spent a way too much time investing my time into. <laughs> um which uh, it helps with his job though, to be honest with you. You know, about you know, I would never have honestly known too much about the Seattle Mariners pitch a catching situation. Right. You know
0: Navares and Tom Murphy very well. You know, and, and you know
1: what's funny, we go back, we talk about You know, funny things that happen. You know, uh, myself and Ernie traded Narvaez for Max Fried earlier in the year, and Max
0: Fried sucked for him.
1: Right. And Narvaez had a good week for me. Yeah, so it's weird
0: how things work out like that. It's crazy how things work out. I mean, it really is. I I traded for Max Scherzer at the deadline, and the guy I got him from said, did he screw you? And I said, look, he made one start in the semis, one start in the finals. He wasn't great. I can't say he screwed me. But he wasn't what you were trading for. And the lesson I try – I try to take lessons out of everything is that trading for pitching is really risky. Look at this week. I have DeGrom, Scherzer, and Kershaw. You have gum, bubble gum being taped together, and you beat me in walks, ERA, whip, and losses. The, the,
1: you just can't make that crap up. The uh, And you talk about going into next season and uh, you know the teams that – Uh, Lenny Deitcher has canceled this fight against the Bagel Boss guy, so that's devastating news. Yeah, very hard Um, to hear about. Next season, the way we go into next season, the way I look at it is as long as Trout, Yelich, and Devers are healthy, those three single-handedly, I mean, together can win weeks. So it's just about finding the right guys around them. And you can find guys during the season. We found Brian Reynolds during the season. Yeah, no, absolutely. We signed him. We traded him in a trade for Bryce Harper. That trade also got us
0: Giolito and Tommy Canley said they're they're all, they were all you, huge for us. You know it's funny and I mean I, I I look back at my team being built and it was very different. I think that this year my success came from the draft and trades, not as much pickups. And you're usually right that pickups go a long way, but for me it was more I'll tell you an example of a trade I made in April before you knew what the guy was going to be. I traded Jonathan Scope for Austin Meadows. That's a win. I mean that's a, that's a huge win right there when something like that happens right before the trade deadline. One of the playoff teams really wanted D. Gordon. He was coming back from an injury. I got back Yusamo Petit and Wilson Ramos. So, for me, the success was the draft and just trades that I I probably got lucky on. I mean, trades are, you know, it's a lot of it's luck on if things are going to work out or not. But picking up guys, I mean, I think you did a great job of it. And it's part of why you were able to pull this thing off. If you sign another pitcher besides Marco Gonzalez, and that guy doesn't give you seven scoreless innings.
1: There was nobody out there. It was very tough.
0: It is tough. You got to find those pitchers early or just like the matchup and kind of get lucky with it, you know?
1: So I just want to throw – I'm sure we're getting ready to wrap up in a few minutes, but I want to throw some special thank yous. Oh, Jesus. Some players that, you know, Uh, you don't hear a lot about that were helpful throughout the year. Go ahead. Danny Santana. Yeah. Huge help throughout the year. Lost him, traded him, dropped him a couple times, picked him up. John Gantt. Yeah. Underrated pitcher. Well, for you us. had him when he was good. We had him. We you had cut the, him, and then he sucked. Correct. <laughs> he got you 10 of the 11 wins he had. Shane Green early in the year with the saves. Yeah. And then did. holds later in the season. Mm-hmm. Seth Oberg. Holds guy in Colorado. Super helpful. Hansel Robles. Oh,
0: God.
1: One of the stars of the team. Yeah, he helps. Him. Colin Moran. Yeah. Good second, third base player. These guys, uh, Freddie Galvis I picked up a few times while he was hot. So it was uh interesting. You know what's funny about the draft is I, I didn't say I want to say I ridiculed, but, you know, some, it's funny how things work out. We were trying, mostly McMonical, trying desperately to get Aaron Judge. And we were throwing them Yeah, you were making
0: crazy Trout. trades yeah, or trading and, crazy uh, offers. It's
1: funny. Now, I'm not saying that. Obviously, when you look at value, Judge being a late pick is, is, a, is a big deal. But, you know, Judge missed most of the year. And obviously, had we made that trade, we would not have been in the position we were to, you know, I don't definitely don't think we would have finished first overall. Who knows if we didn't made the playoffs?
0: Yeah. So, it's sometimes it's the moves you don't make. Looking back at your draft, okay, Robinson Cano, 18th overall yeah, in the second rough. round. Okay? Not great. Tommy Fam, who you would later trade. And I think Fam was in the Freddie Freeman he was trade, if, Freddie, if I'm not Freeman mistaken. Would
1: we'll do that trade a thousand times over.
0: Here's a big one for you. Raphael Devers in the sixth round. So, you Go, you, know you th- should admit why you did that, Well, by there's the way. a couple <laughs> things.
1: One, you and... Bogan, I believe, yes. and Ernie did yes. a fantasy baseball f- preview podcast. That's right. And Ernie was high on Rafael Devers, who I liked already, right? But I liked Ernie's endorsement. Um, and Ernie pointed out something to me that I didn't just know off the top of my head just how young he was, right? So I said, and then when he didn't go in the first couple rounds, I don't know if you remember this, I traded up to get him That's with right. Recco. Yep. I traded, I think, my six and my eight for his sixth and like my and his like twelve. Yep. And we took Devers, and that was our move, and that couldn't work. Now he wasn't great down the stretch, but that was a big move for us moving forward.
0: In the tenth round, you took Eric Hosmer, who you also used in that so trade had a for good Freddie year, Freeman. Considering right, you ended up dealing him. Here's Lemayhu, tenth round for T.J. Lemayhu. Yeah, and uh, moves like that, those are the moves I make
1: just for McMonagle because he's a Yankee like <laughs> like we'll always we'll never say no to a yankee right so i was like Lemayo, huh, you, eh, you
0: know, we'll, right. we'll
1: pay attention to him at least
0: here's the other one because the rest of your draft picks ended up getting cut soon after and this is a good one he lasted the entire year with your team 16th round matthew boyd yeah that i was, know you didn't use him in the finals he overall had a pretty productive might have been our second pitcher we took I mean, starting pitcher. Well, yeah, that was what I ridiculed. So you didn't draft a pitcher until the thirteenth round, and it was Cole Hamels. The second pitcher you took was Matthew Boyd in the sixteenth round. Then you took Rich Hill in the seventeenth round. So that's all I was criticizing. But look, you had a you had a tremendous team. You, I think I think what we wanted to do was go in with three starters, mm-hmm. and then find quality relief pitchers, and that kind you of that helped us it. throughout the year. Look, you did it. I mean, Hansel Robles was actually on my team earlier this season. I didn't trust him long enough i think he had one bad outing i got rid of him you took advantage of it and got him uh ian kennedy certainly has become well, that a was a trade we traded for ian kennedy oh, you traded for we traded, Kennedy. i think that was a
1: bogan trade okay i think we traded in nine for morton and i think it was a nine for morton uh kennedy and uh uh the the, the holds guy in uh Craig Stammen, yes. San Diego? San Diego. 30, 30 holds this year.
0: Yeah, no, he had a hell of a year. Well, congratulations, I man. Thank I'm, you, I'm man. not going to lie to you. It was, it was brutal. It was it painful. Was. It was br- honestly, it was, it was a brutal win, to
1: be honest. It was a it fun was. win. It was <laughs> relieving. It was relief. Yeah, that's how I would have felt. But uh, it, it was, you know, agonizing to... Uh, you know, we have our, at least for me, we have our regular lives at home, we have our work lives, and to add this on top of it... It adds stress. ...was just added stress. Yeah, and yeah. it's not even about, like, the money or whatever. It's not like a ton of money. No, 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 it's But not. it's just like, it's more about, like, you know, you work hard all year. Exactly. Obviously, we're not physically playing, so, right. you know, it's not like I, I physically played baseball and, and, you know, but, you know, this is a lot of mental stress, you, especially
0: how much time you put into you know, the you put, draft, the prep, and everything. You put a lot of time in it, and right. for me... It's not that I'm watching every game throughout the regular season with this kind of interest, but I I sort of do in a way. Like If it's a Friday night in April, I'll load up all the TVs with baseball games with my fantasy matchup. I am into it. Maybe not quite like the finals. I understand that, but I am into it in a big way. And what really hurt me, what was painful is that the two categories I needed to win on Sunday was batting average and whip, as we talked about. So we, we know what happened with whip. The moment I knew I was going to win average was going to be the moment that I thought I was going to win the championship. Jose Altuve, who's been a keeper with me for five years, swung. Had a good it, year after the injury. Had a great year. Surprised me. I had him in another league. No, he was tremendous. He swung at a pitch. I don't know if you saw the sequence, but this was going to be the moment that I was focused won the on average. my
1: players. So I couldn't okay. lock in on. Actually, I was locked in on some of your late players. I was Ozuna when he walked. Right. Um, whoever the hell that other guy is than the Cardinals that
0: singled late in the game. Tommy Edmund. That that's my boy. Me, that drove me crazy. <laughs> Tommy Edmund was up. Well, so around that time, Altuve came up, and he just threw his bat at a pitch five feet outside and flicked it in the right center field. And I said, that's the image I'm going to have of winning a championship. Jose Altuve, my guy, just threw his bat at a ball. Polanco, a Polanco
1: doubled. I was like, you got to be kidding
0: me. <laughs> All right, Polanco, that's right. But when if, I tried
1: getting from Carver. it wouldn't move him, at least to me. What did you offer? Because I'll tell you what I ended up dealing. Uh, not He I, he probably he wanted a higher pick, I think, that I was willing to go. Well, what
0: was the pick? I'll tell you what. Know. I gave up I, a lot.
1: I, I didn't give up. I, I think I was offering him like a
0: 10. Okay. So what I gave up was far more. I gave up Matt Carpenter, who has been a keeper since the beginning for me, but was having a bad year, 22nd round pick. He's not going to be kept this year either. Well, way. I don't know what he's going to do. That's up to him. But Matt's been on be my... Well, that's a fair point. Matt, though, it was emotional for me. Matt's been on my team since the beginning, and I gave a seventh-round pick as well. So I gave up a lot to get him, and it it turned out to pay off because Polanco's a hell of a player, and he's going to be a keeper for me next year. I'm going to keep him around. You
1: know what's funny was uh, McMonicle, he actually did a a, a good amount of homework going into the draft. like I I do my my reading and everything, and because he takes the train, he listens to a couple of fantasy baseball podcasts. Right. They kind of— so, he was on two guys he wanted us to get. He wanted us to take Matthew Boyd mm-hmm. and Lucas Giolito. Wow. Who, Giolito, we picked up. We didn't draft him. He was a free agent. He got released early and in the season. And he wasn't great to start. Then he got hurt. And then we dropped him because he got hurt. Right. And then he gets picked up by someone. Maybe it was Adasi. I don't remember who it was. No, it wasn't Adasi. It was a. Uh, your sister's ass. Not your sister, <laughs> but <laughs> that's the names. name of the team. <laughs> yeah. And he, you know, becomes, like, one of the best pitchers in the AL. I'm like, I, we had this guy, and we dropped him. Right. And then uh, he got traded to Hadasi, and then Hadassi and I made that trade. So that kind of, that irks me a little bit that I have to trade and give yeah. up something for something I already had. No,
0: nah, I get that. By the way, let me explain. Monzo's team name is Elliot the Racist because in the private part movie, my character's name was actually Elliot. And of course, unfortunately, Elliot had to say some, uh, you know, racially he insensitive did. things. And so that has been Monzo's team name for, I'd say, about four or five years. Yeah. Ago. For I think we changed it for a couple weeks, and we just got we got we, our team sucked
1: those weeks. I mean, we gotta <laughs> so we got to go back. Come back. He's <laughs> like, it's just what. The best story about changing names was somebody changed their name right before the draft to Donkey Balls. Yes. And uh, you, you're like, you were organizing a draft, and you were just like. <laughs> Who the hell's Don Keyballs? And I'm like, you mean Donkeyballs? <laughs> well, he <laughs> spelt it out like Don, and, then and you were so pissed, but then you were saying it wrong at the same time. I was, it was hilarious. It was it was a bad Simpsons joke, and I fell for it. We, uh, but I do I do enjoy this is uh, uh, fantasy football is, is is means a lot to me. But I enjoy this baseball league more than any other fantasy sport. So it's, well, it's listen, a lot of fun. It,
0: it is a lot of fun. Obviously, the frustration can can be there. I love Good fantasy. Good group of guys. There's a couple I can do it out, but <laughs> I understand. It's fun because it, to me with football, I don't need fantasy on a Sunday. I've got so much. You got the Jets. You got the Giants. It's the NFL. I'll tell
1: you this. I think fantasy football, as much as I love it, almost becomes like too stressful because it's it's – there are like guys like DeAndre Hopkins where you get pissed off when he has six for 67. Right. And you're like, how am I losing when I have DeAndre Hopkins? Right, right. And it's just one day a week, or you know, I guess now it's three days a week. But um, the thing about the baseball is guys can go in slumps, and then they can come back, and they can help you later in the year. No, no so doubt about it.
0: Well, congratulations to you, Thank, Thank you. Your I'm partner, sure so many Christmas people are Conigle. going to be locked into this podcast. Yeah, this was what I like
1: to call a niche podcast. Well, this was also a, a personal one. People, yeah. that, people that are invested in Evan Roberts, the person, might enjoy
0: <laughs> this one. <laughs> to hear my pain of losing in the fantasy championship because well, Freddie it, Paul it, it human, gave humanizes,
1: it humanizes someone like you who people think you're like a god, so. Oh, stop it. Stop it.
0: Well, you know, if you didn't find this entertaining, the next Evan Roberts podcast will be all about BH90210, the brand-new oh, Beverly Hills I, 90210. I thought you already did that. Yeah, well, so here's what happened. I'll explain why oh, I'm doing talking another we the beach one. or something? I did it at the beach. The wind just blew up the microphone, and I focused more on the history of 90210 this will be a little bit of the history, but so, more about the new so show. So you
1: watched the previous era of 90210? I watched it every episode like, at least five did times. Did you watch it like in, while it was going on, or was it was like a Netflix thing?
0: No, the first three or four years I did not watch live. I started watching it probably season four or five live, and then I went back and watched everything multiple times. But you know what, Mons? That will be on the next Evan Roberts podcast. Stop trying to spoil the next one.
1: Do you watch—I uh, don't watch much TV just because of time, but do uh, you ever watch The Good Place?
0: Yes, it's a at, great show.
1: It, it, it's funny that you just said that. We just, my wife and the I just finished life. that.
0: We just finished it too. We,
1: so like we're waiting for the epi- we're waiting for the new one to come out this week.
0: You want to do a podcast down the road? The I, good can place? Do, I can do. I could
1: do a good. I think it's now. Look, I'm not a big TV person, but I feel an obligation now that I'm like married to like right. spend time with my wife by watching television. Sure, and I get that. And finding shows that we both agree. She likes the Kardashians, and yeah. I like watching wrestling. So we have to find a median, right? Which and is comedy the good place. is our median. So right. we watched Shit's Creek, which I thought was tremendous. We watched uh arrested development which was great i just happened to stumble you put out a poll on twitter like yeah. what show should i watch yeah so i replied with Shits creek but i saw a lot of people put the good place so i'm yeah. like i like ted danson i don't know what the hell the show's about let's put it on i watched the whole thing in about a week
0: that's exactly it's funny i put that out there because me and my wife like to find the comedy to watch and that was the most prominent answer i got when i tweeted that that was the show I never heard of it. Wasn't that familiar with it? We were both said, "Okay, let's give it a try." And I'm I'm skeptical with
1: shows that are on like the networks. I agree with you. So uh, I I I put it on for that, and I we couldn't stop watching.
0: All right, we're gonna schedule uh, an Evan Roberts podcast down the road where me and you talk. The good place. The only
1: thing I don't want to wrap up because I want to get the hell out of here, and I gotta get home. You gotta get your bike. Um, To me, it's the most. It's almost sneaky complex as like as complex of a show as Lost was. I could see. Well, it's just yeah, there's so many the different avenues. ways. There's so many times where I'm like, "How do they? They? They?" Can you me... save this for when we do
0: the freaking podcast? now. right, we're not talking about the storylines, just the, the how it's written and I, what it's about. I, all right, we'll get to it. Well, thank you, Monzo. Congratulations on winning your fantasy baseball, baseball championship. I have a stomachache. <laughs> I'm in pain from this. I have, as Joe say, I got hemorrhoids from this, bro. Oh my! My wife, when I came up from the room where I watch all this baseball, and she said, "At what point How'd did you win? realize it was over?" Uh, when the A's went down 7-0. Because I still had a chance if Petit got in the game and got four when outs. When Bassett came in, I felt good. So I'm yeah. like, He's going to go like four innings. Yes, when Bassett came in, I really knew it was over. But the fact the A's were getting blown out, there was no way they were asking Petit to get more than four outs. So that's when I knew. But congratulations, Monzo, on winning it.
1: And thank you. To, and uh, shout out to McMonical, who is, uh, you know, too busy playing sound effects, you know, uh, right now on another show to, to join us. He's doing his job. No, I know. That's what he's doing. Hey, you,
0: you, you cut out for ten minutes and do it and gloat a little bit. We recorded this in between the midday show ending and Mike's on beginning. So thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts podcast. Congratulations, you bastard.